0: Welcome to Shortcut the Sunday, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 15th, 2022, in year C, the fifth Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live, on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I'm pretty good. Doing well. Yeah? Yeah? Did you see the news that, uh, that Indiana uh, caught that escaped inmate? <laughs> no, um, I didn't. Like it was a, an, an, an inmate and corrections officer. Uh, yeah, they, they escaped they were, from down south somewhere. Yeah, they got caught in Evansville, Indiana. Good job, Evansville. <laughs> good job. Honeymoon capital of all escaped prisoners. Good, good on you. Good on, good on us uh, collectively. Um, it'll be an interesting story to, to see how that how that all pans out at the end, but. It, uh, but, yeah, uh, breaking news uh, for when we're recording this and probably not breaking news for when right. everyone's listening to it. But, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so uh, in light of that, uh, I have nothing. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, it's not a good segue. I just thought I'd mention it. Uh, um, <laughs> I had spaghetti for dinner. Exactly. I'm, I'm about to have pork chops. Uh, uh, I like pudding. Way. There you go. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, so we are fifth Sunday of Easter. Yeah. Um, is uh, is where we're at. We have a a few more in the Easter season, and then we do the season after Pentecost. Right. Um, uh, so, um, but. Uh, uh, We've got still tons of things going on at the church. Uh, I know uh, off the top of my head, we've got another uh, uh, Movies with the Social Conscious coming up uh, at the the end of the month. We've got the the spaghetti uh, uh, silent auction and dinner uh, for the youth group uh, on, I think it's the 21st lots of things going on uh, at the church uh, so visit uh, holyfamilyfishers.org for uh, all, the, uh, all the things the links to the things and the signups and the calendar entries and all the stuff
1: so much stuff
0: anything else you want to plug though on behalf of like uh, you working on anything any special projects
1: oh so many but <laughs> most involve involved time and space continuum, so I really shouldn't mention
0: them here Oh, oh! Oh, okay. you meant for work. <laughs> uh, so when the universe ends, you know who is tinkering with uh, right. things that, uh, or that, will you notice? <laughs> or oh, will you notice? I'm as oblivious now as I was ever. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, lots of stuff uh, uh, going on at the church. So so check that out. But uh, as far as what has happened church wise, we're going to move to our uh, this day in church history. Uh, which uh, our first entry goes all the way back to uh, 1100 B.C., uh, 1164. uh, Okay. Sees the death of the abbess, Heloise, uh, whose love affair with and secret marriage to the philosopher and theologian Abelard, I love this phrase, is known to history.
1: In other words, their parents didn't know, but the rest of us did. <laughs> right.
0: So it's, it's like you, you have, uh, uh, you know, uh, this semi—I I, I, would—I would say semi-scandalous semi-scan- uh, uh, in- incident uh, that that is is plugged into this website as far as like a, a, a known fact about this individual, and the most flowery language you can come up with is is known the <laughs> death of this person had an affair and we knew about it the well <laughs> i want well th-
1: yeah i'll just say it i wonder if there was a freudian typo there since the word for sex in the bible most of the time is to know someone oh perhaps
0: yeah perhaps perhaps perhaps
1: People are weird,
0: so that's quite possible. <laughs> that's entirely possible. Entirely possible.
1: You know, and everyone after that editing is like, yeah, that, that, that sounds like the right word. I don't. I'm not sure why, but yeah, let's go <laughs> with it.
0: I have to admit, I, I feel bad for, for Eloise and uh, uh, Abelard because uh, um, there could be more in this entry. I mean, yeah, Abelard is a philosopher and theologian. Uh, Eloise is an addis. There's, I'm sure they've accomplished other things in their life, and yet the only thing that was deemed worth talking about, apparently, according to this website, is that they had a secret love affair with each other. Right. And marriage. Marriage, too. Uh, um, So, uh, that kind of stinks. Could have been better. (laughs) Could have been better handled. Um, Um,
1: And part of the fun of their relationship has been... Um, while it may have been known to history is often ignored by history and so only recently has it entered in within the Roman Catholic tradition entered into the discussions about um, priestly celibacy and things like that Mm. Uh, Yeah, if it had been really known folks would have already had a -uh" to it or oh let's change things to it
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep so uh, six years after that, though, we see uh, 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 another passing of an individual—the death in Madrid of Isidore the Farmer, a Spanish farm worker considered by some. I would like to know who who doesn't. Uh, by, <laughs> uh, You'll have a name. word with them. <laughs> uh, he's considered by some a patron saint of rural and agricultural workers. Um, What's his name again? Uh, Isidore the Farmer. Okay. Okay, Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have lots of patron saints, so I, uh, you know what I mean. I, I, yeah. So it makes me curious what group of people are like. No, 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 no. Not Isidore. Uh, (laughs) It's someone else is the patron saint of rural and agricultural workers. Can't be him. Right. It's got to be (laughs) Stephen. Stephen the (laughs) Sower. I don't know. Uh so well, um, how about Dorcas with uh, yeah. the clothing she made? Yeah. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, not nope, her. Nope, nope. Gotta be Isidore or someone else that we don't know. Um 1576, ecumenical patriarch Jeremiah II and his associates issue the Epicrisis, uh a, a term that I find very interesting and um, foreboding. Um uh, <laughs> the confession of Augsburg an answer to the Lutheran confession showing points of agreement and disagreement that declare that there are two sources of true faith, the Holy Bible and sacred tradition, and sacred tradition is capitalized. Um, Lots of words. Epicrisis sounds cool. Uh, What are we talking about here, Bruce? I have no idea what this is.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, let me clarify one thing for me. Sure. Um, What was the last part you said about I mean, was it the Lutherans who were saying authority comes from the Bible and tradition, or was it the mm. Orthodox It's an thing? answer
0: to the Lutheran Confession. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's it's a response. The Epicrisis and the yeah. Confession of Oxford is an answer to the Lutheran Confession showing points of agreement and disagreement. They declare, so I'm assuming that means the ecumenical patriarch, Jeremiah yeah. II, and his associates. They declare there are two sources of a true okay. faith. The Holy Bible and sacred tradition.
1: That's what I would think too. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure I understood it, but I'm glad it was as poorly written as, <laughs> as you have revealed it to be.
0: So explain to us what what is that saying? What what what's, what's going about, on here? Sure. Um,
1: Luther, Luther, with his calls to reform for the Roman Catholic Church, and and later as the tradition of Lutheranism began to be formed. What, what should we be about? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had the Osburg Confession, and which was a confession, as in this is what we believe. And so the it literally became world famous. And so the Eastern Orthodox churches felt they needed to respond,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what this is describing: is the oh, okay. response they made.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know these things a little bit more than, okay, all right. Then that does make some sense. Um, yeah. And, cool. so, and, okay, so
1: the um, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox churches, mm-hmm. um, through their Archbishop, primary Archbishop, said, okay, Bible, yeah, church tradition, capital letters. Mm. Um, And what's interesting is only a little bit after that, within England, there was a theologian named Richard Hooker, and he wrote Bible, church tradition, and also human reason as the three ingredients of theological truth.
0: The Holy Trinity.
1: Course, or yeah, I was going to say, again, it felt right because it had three. <laughs> the Methodists Generally. Jet- later added a fourth, so that just doesn't feel right, um, which <laughs> um, experience, human experience was the fourth one they added on. Hmm. And the Anglicans the, and Episcopalians saying, saying, um, come on, that's part of reason. You know, <laughs> but the methods are now we got to make this explicit. So
0: <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I guess, yeah, I could see where those that, that does kind of bleed into uh, the existing term. Um, um, so wouldn't necessarily stand alone. Um,
1: well,
0: part of the fun is that the, these um,
1: formulas are going through various translations to and from various languages, mm. which just makes the linguistic, um, super exam almost uh, ludicrous is too strong a word. That's what I was about to say. Certainly more difficult and mm-hmm. sometimes more muddy.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it always makes me nervous when, uh, um, uh, something uses to effect. uh, a phrase like, true faith. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, easy now. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, well, let's fast forward in history, a few more hundred years. 1891, Pope Leo the 13th We've had 13 Pope Leos. Um, At that point, we might have had more <laughs> since. Uh, issues the influential... Uh, oh, man. Encyclical. Very Reverum good. Novarum, uh, which grapples with social issues, saying the earth is given for the common good, that there needs to be more equality between capital and labor, and that the state has a central role in regulating justice in these matters. That seems pretty modern. Yeah. What year was that?
1: 1891. Okay. Yeah. I mean, by this point, people were seeing the the huge damage being caused by the industrial revolution to mm-hmm. humans, to the environment, to um, laws, mm-hmm. yeah. So and it, it that was pretty progressive on the part of the pope to say those things. Right, I, no, bet, I'm not there sure. was, I bet there were some
0: people who really objected. No, I'm sure. Well, n- nothing that a pope has ever done has been objectionable to some, if not <laughs> well, many. <laughs> some are just snoozed through. So, but this one, I think people would went, wait. What? Right? <laughs> what do you say this time? I'm, not, I'm I'm rusty on my Latin. What is rerum novorum"? Me, translate that. Rirum novorum." I, mean, uh, I can't tell. By, <laughs> I just say it this way. I
1: can't tell by the way you're saying it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know what the first word is. I think the second word is new. Okay,
0: rerum, r e r u m, rerum, rerum, probably rerum. no room Okay, I'll Google. <laughs> I mean, I didn't study Latin,
1: so was yeah, not I a, did. Not to me. <laughs> well, I did, so I'm the one who's curious. <laughs> Okay. Ah. Okay, it's an abbreviation. That's what threw me.
0: Oh, um stands for revolutionary change.
1: N- not far off. It's the first words of Rights and Duties of Capital and Labor.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: Okay. Uh, so and, yeah, and that is still pretty famous and within the Roman tradition and um, disputed. Mm-hmm. Um, but for others, it's um, a big reason of why they're Christians. Right. Why they are choosing that.
0: Well, and as we, uh, as we discuss this one here, which is talking uh, about a little bit more modern of an approach, uh, we'll end uh, with a, an event in um, 1984. Uh, we see the death in Rochester, Minnesota, of Francis Schaeffer, a Christian apologist with his wife, Edith. He had operated Le uh, yeah, uh a ministry of t- intellectuals. His most important book may have been his smallest, uh, which is titled Escape from Reason, which caused many evangelicals to look at the development of literature and art. Uh, he had often argued that moral relativity is responsible for social ills. You know, So you want to talk about uh, some more modern thought? Uh, or the opposite modern, era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like... Uh, more, more modern, uh, uh, more of a modern approach and, and uh, discussion that it creates, I think.
1: Well, it sounds like, though, he was saying that basically modernity is why people are immoral. Or did I misunderstand what you were saying again?
0: Moral relativity is responsible for the social ills of society. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. okay, that's code language among mm. theologians. For everyone who doesn't think like me, <laughs> but oh, okay. uh, moral relativity—that's that's the fancy word of that uh, that conservatives have tossed at more um, intellectual pursuits, mm. both within Christianity and beyond, and and the opposite of moral relativity is fundamentalism where there okay. are fun, and I mean that in term not in terms of judgment but just saying mm-hmm. fundamentalism is the belief that there are fundamental truths right. that from which people can learn to live their lives mm-hmm. and so this guy was a fundamentalist and was speaking against people who were not and therefore were moral relativists
0: gotcha so essentially the argument was the more educated and uh, intellectually independent that we become, the more that it contributes to our uh, social problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so they're most likely book burners and um, upset at anyone who doesn't take the Bible literally and things mm-hmm. like that.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what is an apologist again? Is A Christian apologist, me.
1: Okay. Someone Someone who's who's explaining Christianity to the wider world.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, so not an a, a apology as it as it would be like a, "I'm so sorry," um, but
1: an apology as in "Let me explain myself."
0: Right, right. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, that and that's it for uh, this day in church history. We'll move to our readings for the week. Um, <clears throat> and as has been the past few weeks, uh, our first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 1 through 18. Now, the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners. It came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me and we entered into the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should hinder or could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced and they praised God saying, then God has given even to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life. So, uh, we're sitting here with uh, Simon Peter and, um, uh, I don't know uh, w- whether it, does, does the scripture previously in Acts uh, uh, identify this vision that Peter uh, uh, talks about, or is it only basically described here in his explanation? It's exp- here. Oh, only um, here.
1: Yeah, he, um, he's explaining why he had, had started the practice of baptizing Gentiles mm-hmm. without them becoming Jewish.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: And um, the, so the prior scene was people here back in Jerusalem hearing that Peter was now baptizing Gentiles, gotcha. and wanted to talk to him about this. So then
0: we pick up the story. Now I have to admit, um, uh, no matter what, this is a great way to respond to someone who questions <laughs> you. I'm not saying that I don't believe Peter. That, that that this happened, but it becomes so hard to argue when it's like, uh, "Oh, well, I had this vision wherein the Lord." <laughs> yeah. Like, Who's? I mean, you're either gonna not argue with this person, and be like, "Oh, well, uh, if you're having visions from God," um, I'm yeah. not gonna get in the middle of that. Right. Or <laughs> you're gonna be like, "Okay, well then, this man's crazy." Uh, so. But uh, uh, either way, either way, it, the story even identifies uh, they 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 shut their mouths, they stopped talking about it, and we're like, oh, all right. <laughs> so I like it. Yep. It. it yeah. It, as as you like to put, it it was a good mic drop. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great mic drop. Um, it does feel very. Um, this imagery feels very uh, Book of Revelations. Um, I mean. Yeah, not? I can see that.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it, It's the the you know the supernatural vision mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and conversation with the deity or holy figures. Um, and oh gosh, was written a couple generations before the Book of Revelation. Okay. So it it's. You could say this is one of those reminders of how um, visions and um, other kinds of direct communication between God and humanity uh, were ongoing. Mm -hmm. That it wasn't just something that happened on Pentecost and then stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no reason not to expect they're still happening
0: today. Right. Uh, speaking of Pentecost, actually. So verse 15, is that what that's referring to? Um, as I began to speak, the Holy uh, Spirit fell upon them just as they had upon us at the beginning. The, at the beginning. Yeah,
1: pen, that, that's a reference to the Pentecost experience. Okay, I just
0: want to make sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, that's... I don't know if we... Um, we point that out enough uh, then, it, 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 because uh, the 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 season of Pen- the, the celebration of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, when we uh, read that story, um, we kind of treat it as though like this is this thing that uh, happened and never happened again uh, ever since.
1: Well, and that's what's interesting is there's a more cultural. And the theological reason for that
0: hmm.
1: And by that I mean in the Episcopal Church, in the Anglican Church, in the Roman Catholic Church, um, in most of the Orthodox churches, there's a there's actually historically a pretty strong comfort with everyday people having visions of God that contain significant messages. Mm-hmm. However, in the more Protestant churches, There's a great discomfort with that because of the hmm, leaders, frankly, get really uncomfortable. Hmm. And the nice, I one time had a former Pentecostal in a parish, Hmm. and he said, Well, he thought he was asking me a very um, clever question, and said, What if? In the middle of the 10 o'clock service, someone stood up and started speaking in tongues. What would you do? You know, and he presumed I'd like, clear the building or something. <laughs> and I said, well, Paul wrote that if someone's speaking in tongues and it's genuine, there will be someone there to interpret it. So I'd ask if anyone could interpret it. And if no one says yes, then I'd ask the person to sit down. And he was, he was frankly <laughs> shocked. That you know, we didn't have some Episcopal fire extinguisher or something that we'd whip out, and you know, none of that, none of that, <laughs> none of that. Down, uh, <laughs> but instead, we you know, we again we we have a, a certain amount of comfort with these kinds of visions, mm-hmm. but in the in the Protestant churches that split off from us, frankly, or from the Roman Catholic Church, there's a great discomfort with mm-hmm. it, and in fact. There are um, some traditions that most of them started in the uh, um, U.S. that explicitly say the age of Revelation ended with the scripture. Hmm. Because for them, all truth comes from the scripture, all divine truth. So you can't add on to it. You can't change it. And if you had people running around being able to say, well, God's saying this now then the Bible is no longer the sole authority. So once you Got set up it. the Bible as your sole authority, all of the this individual um, mystical experience is just not allowed. Yeah, it has
0: to end. Otherwise, yeah. or or be deemed uh, disingenuous.
1: Yeah, and so that's that's why I say it's more cultural because American Christianity, regardless of the denomination, is heavily influenced by the Southern Baptist Church by other large Protestant um, traditions in the U.S. that have said Bible when the Bible was finished, God's primary revelation, actually some of us just say, God's complete revelation to the earth ended. Mm. You can't go beyond
0: that. That's kind of an interesting point then that, that, you, that what you're making is that uh, in order for us to accept fully the open interpretation that we kind of take, uh, uh, it requires us to not accept, uh, the, uh, scriptures as, as we discussed earlier, uh, in our, uh, today in, in mm-hmm. church history, uh, the sole source of true faith, quote unquote true faith. Right. So in order to, uh, open it up, we have to be willing to accept, uh, um, Yep. Something outside of of what can sometimes be deemed uh, um, comfortable for for us Christians. Oh,
1: right, um, right.
0: And we have to kind we of have embrace to be,
1: that. That opener. Have to leave room for the abnormal, for the surprising, for the unexpected.
0: Abnormal, which is hard um, to do. Abnormal is uh, uh, me incarnate, so that's good. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Thank God you're an Episcopalian. <laughs> uh, thank God I was born in, 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 at this point in time, I would have been burned at the stake yeah. long <laughs> ago. Um, so, so what about this, uh, this part of the vision where uh, um, Peter sees animals and here's a voice that says, get up, kill and eat. And he says, you know, absolutely not. Uh, nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Am I to believe that Peter's never eaten any four-footed animal, a beast of prey? Uh, Probably not, maybe not a reptile, but birds of the air. There's plenty of things that were like sacrificed and regular food. Peter never ate a chicken. I guess that's not a bird of the air, is it? (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) the implication, well, the presumption we've always made as hearers and readers of this particular event or this vision is that... Peter was referring to the non-kosher animals Mm -hmm. and birds Mm -hmm. and reptiles. Okay. God was saying, eat a gecko. And Peter was saying, hey, Leviticus had said, we don't eat geckos. So I've never eaten a gecko. Mm, I gotcha. Not going to start now. And the voice is, who do you think you are? Gotcha.
0: Well, not quite that, but. Right. (laughs) So the translation is kind of lacking a little bit there. Um, Yeah. Because, I mean, knowing what we know you could interpret four footed animals as like, Oh, are you talking about pigs or, you know, that, that I know. Um, but to just have it, that, well, and wide, and, and part of it get... also,
1: also part of it is, even if an animal in and of itself <clears throat> was okay, let's say, let's mm-hmm. say a chicken, since mm-hmm. you brought that up, there was a certain way in which, a chicken is supposed to be killed in order to make it kosher.
0: Gotcha. It has to be prepared a certain way.
1: Um, Yeah. And so Peter's trying to say, I, A, I haven't eaten any animal. I haven't eaten a pig. I haven't snuck any bacon. Mm -hmm. And even, I I don't think I'm qualified to do the killing. I'm a, uh, you know, the only thing I've killed is fish. And I don't, I don't know how to properly bleed the chicken so it's a humane killing. Hmm. So, nope, can't do it. So <laughs> then God says, "Oh, y- yes, you can."
0: <laughs> gotcha. So then then um is this section a um a a, a way by which uh you're, the laws and traditions are being challenged uh, uh specifically um Saying like, "Hey, all these rules about like making things kosher to eat, a uh, 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 hogwash." We 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 grow and we move on, or is this saying something different about like, "Hey, if I tell you to do something, though, the rules, you know, the, the rules and traditions uh, uh, don't supersede that." Like, what's the what's the, right. the story? The here? second one. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, because in verse um, 9, the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. Okay. So that, that's the... Peter was lucky. His vision had an explanation. What most people have visions. It's not that straightforward. Gotcha. Um, and he was to apply it to the Gentiles.
0: Gotcha okay so this is kind of like a visionary prep work for uh, yeah for the, the, the um, three men uh, sent from Caesarea and explains yeah. why uh, God is saying, hey I have made these men clean mm-hmm. and you can you can spend time with them and commune with them um, and it's not a, a violation of uh, the Jewish laws um, right gotcha
1: and. You can even, um, I'm just, uh, yeah, you can even baptize them, which, until this time, there is an expectation among the, at least among the Christians who were in the Jerusalem area, that Mm -hmm. people first became Jewish and then became followers of Jesus, because Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. the followers of Jesus were Jewish. Mm -hmm. And this was, that's why this is so huge. Um, within the scripture is that here is the direct uh, hard left that God told us to take, that we don't all have to become Jewish to become Christian. And in fact, we don't have to become anything. God has made us clean. Mm-hmm.
0: So is there, is there any story that involves Simon Peter and doesn't involve the number three, like a billion times, um, huh. because uh, the conversation uh, between him and the voice happens three yeah. times. There's three men that come from Caesarea. Uh, uh, he denies uh, Jesus three times. He gets asked three times who, who By Jesus, Jesus, yeah, who Do he you love is, me. like, uh, or 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 is the the author here, uh, just swimming and dripping in, uh, symbolism.
1: <laughs>
0: well, both a little bit of both.
1: I, a lot of both. I mean, okay. the, the, a lot of the new Testament <clears throat> is basically explaining how did Peter get to the role of primary leadership mm-hmm. within, within early Christianity? And part of it is having things happen in threes in his life,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: both big and small, because that is one of the holy numbers. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, it 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 was quite intentional, over and over and over and over, <laughs> including here.
0: Hey, uh, I get it. We're dumb. Uh, so we
1: <laughs> well, part we of it is it. Peter's. the The real reason is Peter's dumb
0: ah, oh, poor peter. And, yeah. Bruce.
1: and and he became the you know, the the first you know, the, the first among equals. Mm-hmm. um and you know, this, an amazing amazing faithful follower of Christ. <laughs> and he still needed to hear it three times to really get it.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, uh some of the uh uh Disciples heard it many times and never got it. Never got it, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you can call Peter dumb all you want, but what does that make them? Uh... <laughs> well, and that, okay, this
1: is a bit of a tangent, but that's why in the Gospel of John, which often lifts up the nameless apostle named the beloved disciple, uh-huh. or described as the beloved disciple, you know, he's the, the beloved disciple almost always... Spots something first, but lets Peter go ahead. That he spotted the empty tomb, but let Peter go in ahead. He spotted Jesus on the shore, the resurrected Jesus on shore, but let Peter go ahead of him. Hmm. Um, and a, a lot of that is, a lot of that probably has to do with the followers who focused on the Gospel of John wondering if really the beloved disciple should be the head dude Mm. and the author john saying no it's peter he's a goof
0: but he's the one (laughs) like a parent uh uh, taking kid uh, young kids on an easter egg hunt uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well is there anything in that bush (laughs) are you sure (laughs) Maybe something bright and yellow. There it is. All right. Um. Just a
1: very quick tangent. My dad did the best Easter egg hunts because he would give us contextual clues. Ooh. Like yeah. we had we had to remember that our next door neighbor on one side was a retired admiral. Oh Okay, <laughs> and so there'd be some ship clue or something, and that meant okay, go to that end of the yard. That's what where we're missing eggs, and um, sometimes it's as simple as go west, young man. And you know, oh, okay, wait, which way's west? Okay, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a story. And they got, a, a story that demonstrates uh, uh, one of the reasons why you are far more intellectual now as, as you <laughs> have grown up. Uh, than i have because we just got set loose in you know in the backyard and was told good luck <laughs> don't grab any thistles kid right, right.
1: <laughs> come, to me, come back when you're done um, the, the the only bad part for my dad is we wanted to hunt easter eggs long after <laughs> other families had given it up <laughs> I, yeah I think my last Easter egg on at home was I was like 16. Oh wow. Cuz I think my girlfriend at the time was invited to join in and of
0: course she was completely and lost. Giving you giving you a side a sideways look of like you still do you're still doing this. Well
1: and then hearing these clues and the rest of us going oh she's like what is this family? <laughs>
0: Needless okay, enough say, of that tangent, needless get us back to say, on track. it didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, anything else about this uh, passage? No. Okay. no spent we spent quite a lot of time on it. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our psalm reading for the day, which is Psalm 148. Praise and we should not we- feel guilty about spending so much time on that
1: because it is a foundational scripture for christianity
0: absolutely we'll just shortcut one of the other scriptures yeah Uh, (laughs) uh, psalm 148 speaking of no uh (laughs) praise the lord praise the lord from the heavens praise him in the heights praise him all his angels praise him all his hosts praise him sun and moon praise him all you shining stars Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord, and from the earth you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all the rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above heaven and earth. Sorry, earth and heaven he raised up a horn for his people praise for all his faithful for the people of israel who are close to him praise the lord um there's a fair amount of praise in this (laughs) psalm. i have to admit as i was reading this uh my headspace immediately went to this is this this should be a children's book yeah um, uh, I very easily can envision this being an illustrated, uh, uh, children's book about 20 pages long and just kind of, you know, uh, it's got kind of a, as I started to read it, I fell into a rhythm like a good night moon kind of rhythm. Yeah, very you know nice. I mean? too. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, I'm sure that's not the origin of this. Do we know anything about the origin of the, the Psalm? Not not as much as we'd like. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the it, it's as you might remember. Um, nope. <laughs> there are 150 psalms, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. th- this is the tail end. Right. And so the the last okay. set of psalms are for the most part psalms of praise. Okay. Um. With with different angles. Um, and by the way, there I I googled, and there are children's books based on Psalm one forty
0: eight. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, good, good, good. yeah. Uh, I mean, I missed out on a huge no idea if there any good or not. opportunity, but oh, well. right.
1: <laughs> Actually, there's so many. It looks like they you know someone makes it and then everyone forgets about it and someone else makes one. <laughs>
0: that's good though that's good that's good yeah. so then I wasn't far off other people I have tread a path that others have tread before me yeah,
1: um, yeah. Uh, so so and it what it reminds me of is the um, song that sometimes is attributed to to uh, Saint Francis for the poem the that's about basically all of creation praising God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it has same cadence same kind of um imagery things like that yeah. so it's it sits pro- probably both before as well as after lots and lots of works praising god built on this formula does it
0: no maybe it does it do- it doesn't no sorry sorry I, I was I was going through the middle of a thought i was oh. <laughs> please I was invite me along <laughs> sorry sorry about that i was wondering uh If it was following the creation story, in some ways, uh, because you start off with heaven, uh, so the 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 void, the the formless uh -hmm. uh, void, uh, sun and moon, and the highest heavens, the waters above the heavens. And then you get into some of the animals. Then we do a little bit of a sidetrack, though, about uh, fire and hail, the the, the the mountains and hills. But we do come back to wild animals, the cattle, uh, creeping things, flying birds. Like, it feels yeah. very creation story-esque, um, yeah. almost to that point where it was, like, kind of following almost the pattern. Um, right. Which I hadn't really thought about uh, until just now.
1: Yeah. I mean, that and that <clears throat> pattern even even for non-Jews um, or Christians, even today is kind of, it, it's under a lot of people's skins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our culture. And I'm sure it was even more so in the, the time frame that this would have been written. That Yeah, the story of creation, the seven-day story of creation would definitely have been in the air, so to speak. And so the <clears throat> composer of this again, they were always hymns, of this hymn would have been touching very familiar themes, and people... You know, I'm picturing people beginning to tap their foot to it, because, mm-hmm. yeah, we know this. Yeah, it's a new song, but we know this. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, anything else about the song uh, for today? Uh,
1: it's, a, it's a good one to, to read. I'm just trying to see how many. Um... Probably one forty-six on to through one fifty to get all of the different styles of Praises. praise that the um, editors of the Book of Psalms felt people should have handy.
0: Very cool. And, and, and
1: if in your own prayer life you need a, a uplift, go to the back of Psalms. Don't start
0: at the front. <laughs> Is the front depressing? Uh, <laughs> There's some, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> fair, fair. Uh, yeah, oh, like I mean, uh, the the your, your walk with God is uh, uh, applicable to your entire walk of life, and uh, uh, that includes some downtime. Um, so I suppose that is fair. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to our gospel reading today, which goes to the book of. John chapter 13, verse 31 through 35. Nice, short, and sweet. Probably nothing to say about it. Um, <laughs> when he had gone out... Not sweet. <laughs> oh, no? Well, we'll, we'll, You'll we'll see. Have to read. We'll have to read this. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> when he had gone out, not sweet Jesus had said... <laughs> There it is. I was right there. I didn't know. Sorry. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and I, as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my dis- disciples if you have love for one another. Um, this sounds uh, as though he is uh, preparing for um, the events in, uh, for, for Easter week, uh, for Holy Right, week. Holy Week.
1: <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, this is the Last Supper. Okay, this is the Last Supper. Yeah, um, he, he's um, the when the he who has gone out is Judas. Okay, um, he's, Jesus has had the Last Supper with the apostles, has washed their feet, and um, talked about his betrayal. Judas leaves, and then this picks up. This is the beginning of what we. Usually now called Jesus's farewell discourse, mm. which goes on for quite a while, um, but part of but it has kind of a gloomy feel hanging over it because <clears throat> we know he's about to get arrested <clears throat> and tortured and die, um, and you know, his apostles are still sitting there going what. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes, all well and good. Who's going to serve at your right hand? Right. <laughs> Tell us, Jesus. That's what we want to know. Um, it, 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 he, he, Jesus references that he told, uh, he's used the phrase before, uh, where I'm going, you cannot follow or you cannot come. Um, is that repeated in the Gospel of John? Like, where, where was that uh, original reference? Do you know?
1: Um I'm just giving another look to make sure cuz I do um, remember
0: it being something to the effect of he says it to the apostles and then it goes completely over their heads. Uh like they did not the, understand what he was saying or something like that. I think is what immediate, this is, almost immediately follows.
1: Yeah, this is the primary spot it occurs. Well, this is the only spot it occurs in John. Okay. And and it never occurs in quite the same way. Um in any of the other Gospels. Hmm. Okay. So it's very memorable, obviously <clears throat> mm-hmm. it sticks to you. Um, and
0: yeah, it's there. Hmm. Um, I, I do like the, I, I know it's not intended to be condescending, but I, my, my current brain is interpreting it as a little condescending when he calls them little children. Um, uh, I'm sure it's more endearing as far as like the, Perhaps the the translation uh, of it, but uh, right now I'm reading like <laughs> you poor naive souls. Uh, <laughs> but well, that's uh, better
1: than some people have said. That's true.
0: Hello, <laughs> <laughs> <little> rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my disciple riffraff. Look at you. <clears throat> um, quit picking your noses and start listening, will you? <laughs> Right. Right. It is. It's interesting, though. I I, I, we don't take too much time to pause and think about the context here. Um, These this is some of the last, if not the last direction that some of these uh, disciples receive before the events. So he's saying, I'm giving you a new commandment, something new, something that you have not. Uh, that, that either you haven't heard yet, or I've said, and you haven't been paying attention, but either way, uh, this is love is your new commandment. Um, and as readers to kind of, uh, put ourselves in those shoes of the events pick up really rapidly after that. And these words, I'm sure, uh, uh, were immediately lost uh, to those caught up in the swirl of events, um, and uh, what a what an interesting and heartbreaking, I think, uh, commandment uh, intended to be kept in their their memory during those events, um,
1: right? Uh, or not? Or not? I mean, yes, because in. The Gospel of John, part of the point, which is also true to one extent or another in all four Gospels, Mm -hmm. is none of this will make any sense until the resurrection.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So it's when the resurrection comes that suddenly this love and all that other stuff will be able to be understood in the correct context and with the literally eternal ramifications. Hmm. So it's not just okay. How how do I forgive that centurion who's whipping on Jesus? Mm. You know, at that point it's fine if they're still going. What no? And only after the resurrection do they say, "Okay, now I got to figure out how to forgive that centurion who whipped Jesus." Now that I see what this is all about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's easy to imagine um, desiring retribution. Yeah. Comeuppance, if you will, uh, uh, after these events. And um, this is kind of uh, so this is Jesus kind of preemptively saying, like, that's not that's not going to be the way this goes. That's not what we're going to focus on.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and in John, in the Gospel of John, Peter has a, is the one with the sword and struck the high priest slave. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're not getting this <laughs> I mean Jesus you're not understanding this at all. <laughs> shock um, shock of all yeah things. and um, so yeah it's 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 not gonna do him a lot of good over the next forty eight to seventy two hours. Right. But after that, it'll change the world.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to—I'd like to point out, uh, uh, as much as we judge the disciples for not getting it, uh, uh, we spent the good part of two thousand years uh, not doing much better, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's uh, your yeah. new commandment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's great. Uh, so we burn these people uh, alive. Or... <laughs> <laughs> for, there for for not really was. The way we believe? What's that? <laughs> you, you
1: will not be happy to know that there really were serious discussions about if they were compassionate people, wouldn't they strangle the folks before they set them on fire? Oh, I'm not happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. No. No, that does not make me happy. None of yeah, that is better.
1: Those were all powerful Christians. I mean, powerful in terms of politics.
0: Yeah, it's, it it continues to this day, and and, and yeah. plays out in any number of ways, and quite frankly, plays out uh, in ourselves any number of yep. ways. I, I I I every one of us love to take the holier than thou approach, uh, and would love to ignore <laughs> the the times where I clearly fall short. Um, right. I mean, there are no better. This. I'll, I'll say something odd,
1: but I think I can defend it <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, you think you can pull that um, off on this
0: podcast? <laughs>
1: that one of one of the ways I'm, I'm grateful that I am part of a tradition that has killed people in the name of Christ
0: okay. and out of
1: evil intent. Okay, and
0: we're going to call it there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm getting- this has been your podcast (laughs) explain yourself good sir because it keeps me humble okay
1: that if if I was part of a denomination that formed two weeks ago I might be able to say we've never done anything outside of the love of God
0: Catholics, Episcopalians Lutherans, uh, what have you Uh, we have never uh, uh, and would never uh, commit such atrocities That's a a fair point. Uh, uh, It keeps us humble. It puts us in a position where we can't uh, step up on that, you know, high horse. uh, Right. With any good – any real confidence. So um, I – all right. I I begrudgingly granted – I didn't like the way that started, but uh, (laughs) – You weren't supposed to, <laughs> but I see the point. Uh, uh, I I uh, I am filled with love for you, and accept <laughs> your, your the argument. Uh, and you're glad we're treatment. doing
1: this over the phone right. so that you can't see me with a big lighter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We'll just. I'll just. Cut that part out. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, well, any anything else about uh, this passage? It's only you know four five verses. Uh, yeah, it's one it's- of the
1: shortest gospels we have all year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, so which means it's packed. Yeah. Um, and oh man, just so much in here. So. I don't, it's one of these where I have absolutely no worry about saying everything I could possibly say on, have nothing left for the sermons on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, But the big thing to remember is that this is the beginning. Uh, This is the beginning of the end for Jesus's Mm -hmm. ministry on earth.
0: The beginning of the beginning. Oh, (laughs) there you go. There's, there's the sermon right there. Um, Um, yeah, it's it, it. It kind of really is. Um, um, we we especially after having just celebrated uh, the the um, the Holy Week and we're in the season of Easter. It does kind of we can kind of lose track of that uh, as being yeah. the truth. Uh, it really is the beginning of of the beginning of uh, Jesus's real ministry because you just think of the power and authority that he has after these events so the initial ministry is kind of like the warm up uh and we have right. uh, a good chunk of it in the in these four gospels uh in the bible are the warm up are the precursor the the tuning of the violins to the trumpets and uh um uh, and, and it's kind of interesting that sometimes I think we lose track of the, the, the fanfare, that, which is the, the main performance, uh, which takes place at, at, at you know, the um, Easter uh, Sunday and after.
1: Well, and to, to play with your image one, uh, one more step,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as we're sitting there listening to the fanfare, suddenly we're handed the instruments and told to play it. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting, yeah you get in there <laughs> yeah well, what what me <laughs> yeah you kept saying Peter was adult let's see you do it <laughs> right right and right. suddenly we can right because we're we're given the same help Peter
0: was right uh, and and the message in a way is just as simple as as uh, summed up here in 34 and 35 um, yep so it's the equivalent of being like you don't have to be able to you know, play these instruments. You just here's here's your note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you play this note, you're good. Yeah, and it's going to be a lovely note. Mm-hmm. hmm uh, A resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. That's me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of the triangle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Nice yeah. little ting. Yes. Yes. I like it. I like it. Well, with that, I think we'll call to a close this, your podcast for May 15th, 2022, the 5th Sunday of Easter in Year C. Uh, we encourage you to join us in worship, uh, live and in person at 8 and 10 o'clock on Sunday uh, or online uh, at HFEC Videos. Uh, the 10 o'clock service will be broadcast uh, live and uh, be available for view thereafter. Uh, and again, we want to thank you for joining us so much this week. And until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.